Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice show, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian podcast. And here I am. I am Dr. Fujian, and it is so great to be with you. I'm a psychotherapist, an author, and the originator of the awareness integration theory. Our conversation is about what matters most in our lives, our minds, our thoughts, our feelings, actions, relationships, and um, our fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. For all of you wonderful, wonderful people who have been asking about our latest book, um, let me tell you, here they are. So the first, um, the latest one that is out is Intentional Parenting. And uh, this book is a practical guide to awareness integration theory that I wrote, co-authored with uh, Dr. Nicole Jaffari and Eileen Manukian. In this book, what we've done is taken the awareness integration path and how to um, work with children from infancy, toddler, preschool, school age, uh, preteen, teen, and even young adult, your children who are young adult, and uh, talked about the cognitive aspects and emotional aspect and motor skills and all of that type of development and from awareness integration, how to work with them. So this book is great for teachers. It's great for um, uh, parents, grandparents, whomever is really working with uh, children. So for all of you therapists and coaches who are really eager to learn the uh, awareness integration path, this book is for you. Awareness Integration Therapy, Clear the Past, Create a New Future, and Live a Fulfilled Life today and now. Um, this book just goes through and takes you through. We also have uh, accreditation and certification program for coaches across the world and therapists to be able to know how to work with this model with their clients. We just finished one this past weekend. It's amazing. And uh, we had such a great time. So if you're interested in becoming a certified um, therapist or a coach in this model, let me know um, and uh, go to awarenessintegration.com. Give, um, you know, send me an email and uh, we're going to tell you all of the 2023 classes and courses that are coming up. Also, Food on App is coming up. So guess what? We're going to need you therapists and coaches across the world. Because when people go through this app, they're going to probably want to work deeper a little bit with you. And um, that's when I think that your uh, services will be very, very useful. So please uh, let us know and how I can be of service and give you all the tools and how to work with your clients. In this episode, I chat with Tom Cronin. He has spent 26 years in finance markets as one of Sydney's leading bond and swap brokers. And then he discovered meditation in the early stage of his career when um, the anxiety and the chaos he was experiencing had hit a crisis point and it completely transformed his world, both personally and professionally. Um, he shares with us that he had insomnia, he had a high level of anxiety and panic attack, and through his meditation, he was able to transform his body, his psyche, his emotions. Tom went on to study meditation and Eastern philosophy in India and Bali and Australia and ultimately gaining his teaching qualifications. So he teaches now across the world and on Zoom for you. Tom is passionate 
about reducing stress and chaos in people's lives in recognition of the potential this ancient practice has for personal healing and human development, he founded the Stillness Project, a global movement to inspire 1 billion people to sit in stillness. Wow, daily. Tom's ongoing work in transformational leadership and cultivating inner peace through meditation takes him around the world, hosting retreats, mentoring, presenting keynote talks, teaching, and creating the portal film and the portal book. Um, and it's all going to be a part of his commitment to the current planetary shift. Today, we're going to talk about his book, The Planetary. All right. It's exciting. And at the end, um, we, actually, he gives us a three to five minutes meditation. It's so calming and beautiful. So um, you got to listen all the way to the end. Subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel. Connect with me through my website, fujonzain.com, uh, and any of my social media. For all of you who like self-help and like to journal, I want you to get my book, Life Reset, uh, The Awareness um, Integration Path to Create the Life You Want. And uh, with this book, you can sit down, you can go over every area of life that you have and um, go through the exercises and really experience um, fulfillment in your life. I promise you. Um, and then I want to know how it was for you. So after you go through your journey, please, please email me, let me know, because I really want you to share with me your journey as I'm sharing with you mine every every week okay um i love to hear from you and um here he is tom Well, I'm excited to have you with us, Tom Cronin, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me along today. Absolutely. You're far away from me. Um, all the way from Australia, huh? Yeah, Sydney, Australia. It's quite a few thousand miles. <laughs> yes, I've never been there. I love to come. Yeah, you should come down. It's uh, It's got a very similar sort of vibe to San Diego and Santa Monica, so uh, where, where I live anyway. Certainly that lots of beach and um very sort of open sort of lifestyle beautiful we're going to talk about um your book the portal um how meditation can save the world and we do need it although i think the next generation is uh, a little bit more awake than than we were but i do believe that um kind of we all need to calm down and you also have a a, a movie uh, about that came about this book so tell us what got you to want to write this book and the, and uh, create the movie yeah you know I, I was in a really uh challenged place in my life many many years ago going back about sort of 25 years ago where i was struggling with lots of addictions uh, anxiety depression panic attacks and the traditional path as for most people is to see a doctor, the doctor puts you on medication, sends you to a psychologist, psychiatrist, you start talking and talking and talking. 
but that really wasn't working out very well for me. I didn't, I, you know, I'm a Mr. Fix it guy. I kind of want to solve the problem and there was a problem and I didn't like the problem and I wanted that problem to go away. And so, um, this was not really solving the problem. It felt for me anyway, it just didn't seem to be the right path for me. I, I felt deep down, this is not to dismiss it for anyone else. It just, for me, wasn't something that I could feel in myself was the, the best path forward. And it was maybe a divine intervention that the universe had orchestrated that while I was sitting at home struggling with agoraphobia. So I had to leave my job as a broker on a trading room floor and I was sitting at home watching TV and there was a documentary about a very successful property developer and a tiny segment of that story. He talked about how he used this tool of meditation, particularly transcendental meditation to help him be successful. And they showed him while he was talking, sitting in a chair in a suit meditating. And it was like this light bulb moment for me. And I knew that there was something missing in my life that, um, that that vision of that person sitting with their eyes closed in a place of serenity was what was really missing. And so that's when I started my research into mindfulness meditation and Eastern philosophy. And it was an absolute game changer for me. What happened was it, it turned my life around very quickly. So all the anxiety, the depression, the panic attacks, addiction started to melt away. And it's not like I became a perfect enlightened monk, but it's certainly I noticed significant changes within days and weeks. To the point where I went back to work and continued on for 16 more years as a broker. Now, I got so, I guess, moved and affected in a positive way by what was happening in my physiology, in my mind, in my nervous system through that meditation experience. And I started referring a lot of people to it and, and everyone started to change their lives, myself included. And at that point, I realized it was time for me to start teaching this um, and bringing this to the world and to, to let the world know that this, this important vehicle or practice of meditation, which we know has been a pathway for incredible levels of bliss and love and harmony, cohesiveness and joy, let's just call it enlightenment in monks for thousands of years, yet most of the people on the planet were still not interested or, or not really embracing it. And I wanted to mainstream that. So the film of the book was the way for me to get this message out to the world in a big way. The um, type of the meditation that I saw um, on your website, um, it's called Verdict, right? Vedic, um, yeah, Vedic meditation. Yes. And how is that different than other types of meditation, such as uh, Transcendental that you were talking about before? It's a Vedic and Transcendental meditation are very similar. Um, they had a bit of a split um, many years ago, just through some sort of political reasons, but the technique itself is very similar. Um, but when we compare that to say other different types of meditation, like mindfulness or breath meditation, chakra clearing, there's thousands of different styles of meditation, just because some people listening might think, oh, I've tried meditation, I couldn't do it, or it didn't work, or I found it really hard. Um, I would suggest doing a lot of research into finding techniques that really resonate with you and work with you that you want to get a tangible quantifiable result. And I know kind of a lot of people would say you shouldn't be looking for results in meditation, but you know, if we're going to do something on a daily basis, we want to really make sure that we're going to get something measurable out of it. Um, it's going to make some difference. Otherwise you wouldn't be inspired and motivated to do it. And I think this is the challenge with a lot of techniques is that without having a significant noticeable effect as a result of using the technique, people will drop away from it. What, what I find is that the sticking attraction with Vedic or Transcendental Meditation is so substantial because it's very noticeable, the difference. 
that you get even just in 20 minutes is it's quite tangible i was teaching um some wonderful children on the weekend i ran a course of meditation and we had about 16 people in the course but three of them were young children between 13 13 16 and 18 and it was phenomenal to hear these young children having profound experiences within just you know 15 20 minutes of them doing that meditation and i think that's the difference is that you use a mantra or a sound that has this beautiful quality that does all the work for you and that sound is the thing that quietens the mind um, rather than just trying to empty the mind yourself it's very difficult to do that and when you talk about measuring something what is it that the person is measuring beside the time allowed that they're saying okay i'm going to do this for 20 minutes for example twice a day or three times a day or every day at this time that's one aspect of the structure of it but as I loved it when you said, you know, when we measure something and we really watch that whatever area it is that is getting improved, then obviously we want to do it because it motivates us and we do see the result. And one of the things like you were saying is kind of sometimes it's the measure measuring is set on abstract aspects. So it's like, well, how can I how can I measure something and what do I measure something that is an abstract so that I can see that their movement is there? Such as, is it my feeling? Is it an anxiety? Is it, you know, a physical aspect? Is it a psychological aspect? Is it the way, uh, let's say, like my mind thinks, you know, I'm thinking and that gets changed. What are the ways that you have used or teaching in the measurement tools? Yeah, you know, it um, comes back to the motivating factor behind why they want to meditate. And that's usually either the carrot or the stick. So mm -hmm. the stick is that I have a pain point that I desperately need to resolve. And so for me, my pain point was that I had chronic insomnia, I had severe anxiety, I had, uh, you know, a deep, dark depression, I had extremely severe panic attacks. And I, I really deeply was motivated to remove that pain point. So that was the, the stick was moving me forward to make a decision on embracing this experience. And so the, the tangible, quantifiable, measurable results that I'm looking for personally with that is that I'm looking to sleep better, which was phenomenal within just literally two days, I was sleeping better and I had the worst insomnia for 10 years. Um, I started noticing my anxiety dropping away, the panic attacks dropped away, I started feeling lighter. And this is all biochemically and scientifically proven because I was getting my body out of the sympathetic nervous system state, which is a state of stress response where we have high levels of cortisol and adrenaline in our bloodstream. And we have very low levels of serotonin, oxytocin and melatonin, the biochemicals for sleep, happiness and love. So it's very hard for us to feel happy and fulfilled if we're still in the sympathetic nervous system state. We've got to get the body out of the, paras out of the sympathetic and into the parasympathetic. And that's why I started to get these very measurable benefits that came from the meditation now someone might go into meditation um, because of the carrot which means that they're lured by the idea of something greater than their current experience um, in a deepening of their spirituality they're, they're looking for progress with their spiritual development now what would happen there as far as a measurable result would be that less it's about what they're getting it's more about what they're removing so they're removing um, you know, they're having less thoughts in their meditation, they're going deeper in meditation, they're having deeper stillness in meditation. Um, coming out of their meditation, they're having greater clarity in life, they're having greater um, levels of blissfulness in their life, they're having a deeper sense of presence and being less um, influenced or affected or discombobulated by circumstances in the world, they're having a deeper spiritual experience and moving towards enlightenment. 
So it can be different for different people, depending on what their motivation is into going into the meditation in the first place. And I've noticed that also with uh, journaling after, uh, or not necessarily right after it, but as you journal, you also find your thought process changing because when you're observing your thought versus completely being in it, I think that observation also allows you to shift and do different aspects of, um, <clears throat> even if it's happening passively for you, you watch the re result of what's happening. So part of what you were saying is measuring the uh, the, the pain points, such as if, I, if it's insomnia and I'm not sleeping nights then the amount of nights or how many hours or if it's like anxiety with a power palpitation i can see how many times during the day it's lessened but i've also noticed that with the thought process it changes some of the what we get caught into or the memories that we get caught into um does that sound that do you yeah, have absolutely yeah, so what happens with meditation, one of the most important parts of these deeper transcending styles of meditation like Vedic Kortiyam is that it allows us to connect to consciousness itself. And this is really critical in the step forward for us to realize our true potential as a human being. Most of us think we are our thoughts. Descartes, the French philosopher said, I think therefore I am. So he, he identified his identity, his existence by the idea that he thought now, thoughts aren't a clear representation of who you are. It's just a malleable, programmable form of, you know, almost like a computer program, a software inside our head. Um, most of our thoughts are preconditioned into us from the moment we're born through our genetics and ancestry. And then they get even more preconditioned into us uh, in our first seven years of our life. You know, the family we grew up in, the school we went to, the religious indoctrination we had, the political persuasions of our parents, our sporting persuasions of our parents and peers and all these things are influencing the malleability of the brain so it's clearly not a true objective uh, identification of who we are what we want to do is connect with consciousness itself which is awareness now awareness doesn't have a thought awareness is just observation mm -hmm. we call it sakshikutashta the silent witness that is able to witness our thoughts and so when we have consciousness able to watch the thoughts, then we can start becoming more proactive with our thoughts, which comes back to your journaling. It allows us to be much more precise, much more clear, and much more proactive about breaking free of any conditioned thought processes that we might have, like I'm no good, I'm unworthy, or money's hard to come by, love is brutally painful, and start to create a new paradigm based upon conscious awareness starting to choose what thoughts it would like to entertain instead of just having thoughts itself. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the psychology model I created was called awareness integration. So I totally agree with you about the cause <laughs> of awareness. Everybody, uh, please get this book and watch the movie, The Portal, How Meditation Can Save the World by Tom Cronin and um, Jackie, uh, Jackie Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, yes. Um, and uh, what, what is the role of Jackie in this book and movie? Yeah, Jackie's uh, an amazing human. She came on as the director and co-produced with me uh, on the film. And then we co-wrote the book. Uh, so we made the film first. And what we did was we interviewed six individual stories, real life human stories that had been through crisis. You know, we were looking for stories that had faced an immense challenge. And then they moved out of that challenge and out of that crisis using the tool of meditation and showing 
that our ability to liberate ourselves from circumstances and transform and alchemize our life is possible for everyone and anyone, regardless of what they've been through. And we used very different and diverse stories that showed that no one's, you know, not able to have transformation in their life. Everyone has the potential for transformation to give everyone hope. And um, so, yeah, Jackie and I co-wrote that and uh, we made the film first with the interviews and then we took the transcriptions of those interviews um, and then we started to put the book together. Mm -hmm. The book says that with meditation, you're going to create a better world. So tell me about how does um, in your in, in your experience and how um, experience of others, which, you know, is in the movie and people you've worked with, how does working on ourselves um, extend itself and extrapolate to um, not only like maybe the uh, small circle that are around us, but how does that really affect the world at large? It affects the world on a micro and a macro level. Firstly, when we start to transcend our own individual egoic identity and start to connect with a unified field, a field of conscious awareness, which is a pervasive field that's interwoven into the fabric of all existence. And when we transcend in meditation, this is why the deeper transcending meditations are so important to give us that direct experience with that field over time. And it takes time admittedly, but over time, what happens is when you start moving into a state of consciousness that um, is a, an interwoven, interconnected state of awareness that we actually experience other as ourselves. And what happens is we start moving into a new paradigm, a new way of thinking, a new way of existing, a new way of creating, where what we create, and we say in the film, we create what we are. And if we change what we are, as I experience myself as a unified field, then what I create can only be something ideally that is in some way, shape or form benefiting and supporting the whole, the collective. And we're starting to see, so in, in, in an individual level, you start becoming more harmonious, more calm, more po polite, more kind. Certainly not perfect. You know, there's, there's many enlightened people that aren't perfect, but myself included. Um, but it just means that you become slowly over time a better human being, less individualized, less egoic, less narcissistic, more unified, more collective, more kind, more generous. And you start to, um, on a macro level, create systems and businesses and run systems like governments, ideally over time, that are really more considerate of the collective. And we, we're starting to see this starting to build out. And there's a beautiful terminology around this um, called game B. So we're in game A at the moment, which is a finite game and it's a win-lose game. Mm -hmm. So that's the game we've been playing for quite some time. Our whole economic model, our political system, our education system, our sporting system is pretty much built on win-lose paradigms. And the thing with win-lose paradigms is that they're, they're, they're self-terminating games and they're finite games. Um, but in the game B world, the point of the game will not be to win the game. The point of the game will be to play the game. And we'll start finding um, paradigms that are very unique and different from a game A world. There'll be a game B world, which is an infinite game. It's a, a point of the game that's a win-win game. Now, you know, everything in that, in that model should be something that is a win for everyone because everyone's playing it and everyone needs to win from it. So we're starting to see some of these things starting to emerge and, you know, an enlightened planet will be one that um, isn't purely for exclusive betterment of the own, the individual or the company or the country, but something that's inclusive for the whole. 
I really sense that. Although, you know, there's um, a lot more of um, duality in the world or like, you know, the, 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 the two spheres. Polarity almost. Polarity yeah. and each one of them are getting a little bit stronger on their own. But on side by side with that, you can also see this um, attitude that you were talking about of the, the younger generation of really looking at the bigger picture of the earth being their home and not just one land being their home. Um, I, you know, I see that in the U.S. Uh, with a lot of the laws that are becoming, you know, part of the polarity. And then you see um, so many people coming and elevating um causes and you know every human being has the right so although it's it's being pushed to taking away rights you could see this uh flow of um millions and millions making sure that you know they tilt it again and it comes back into the bigger picture or what's happening with with iran is i think it's like the 48th day 47th day of of a revolution that started by by women and you know suddenly you look at the world taking a stand for it um after so after 40 some years where you know when they got up and said enough is enough that the world is also getting up and saying yeah it's enough you know and and taking and taking a stance for it so um i get it that exactly what you you were sharing that when people are more conscious and conscientious. Like you have to become conscious first, in a sense, to become conscientious and extend yourself. And, um, you know, the beauty of your your book and the movie says the whole point is we are one and to exper experience that we are one and not separate. And uh, meditation is one of the paths that truly allows you to have that experience of the oneness versus uh, you know, the separateness that sometimes we feel and based on that separateness, then we go into the win-lose because if I'm separate, then you all, hey, dude, I got to take care of myself. But if I'm one, then the win-win situation shows up because if you, I also see that you are me, I wouldn't want to harm you. I wouldn't want anything to happen to you. And then, you know, if somebody's harming you, I would take a stand and the other way around, like knowing if I'm being harmed, that you would take a stand. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, that that creates a different way of being for the home that we live in, which is Earth. And then all of us who who are here with, you know, different colors and different uh, physiques and different, um, you know, mentality and background. Yeah, it's very easy for us to observe the world and think that it's getting more conflicted, more tumultuous, more chaotic. But it's actually not. There's a beautiful order that's unfolding here. And it actually is congruent with the idea that we're becoming more conscious. You know, some of the, the youth of the world, you know, my, my son, not long ago, he's out of school now, he finished school. But when he was at school, you know, they, they left a, a whole day of school to go and protest against, you know, um, you know, coal mines that were destroying the planet. And so um, what we're seeing is um, it doesn't mean when we become more conscious that we just become all peace, love among beings and you know, carry our mala beads and eat tofu and, and you know, sing praise the Lord. It's, it's basically, it, it can mean that you've, you awaken a, a warrior within you that says, I make a stand here. And what we're seeing in the, the conflict of the world um, and the turmoil of the world is actually really healthy. It's a process we have to go through where the wonderful women in Iran are standing up saying, hey, this, is the, you, this can't happen anymore. 
And what we, we start getting is, um, I had one student who was um, this uh, timid oldish lady and she uh, learned to meditate because, you know, she was struggling with anxiety and life wasn't great for her. And she learned to meditate and she contacted me about three weeks later and um, said, oh, I just, you know, I, I wanted to get your guidance. Um, I'm finding myself in a lot of arguments at work and, and things are, there seems to be a lot of turmoil in my life and there didn't used to be. And I said, okay, well, let's look at that. Um, when you were at work before, when people pushed you around and gave you orders and you just kind of bowed down and did what you were told and you know, were a good worker, even though it might not have been the right thing to do, you still just went and did it because you didn't want to upset anyone. And, and now what you're finding, are you finding yourself responding a little bit more forcefully saying, I don't think this is a good idea. And she goes, yeah, that's what's happening. I said, well, there you go. You're creating some turmoil in your life, which isn't what you thought might happen as a meditator, but you're becoming more empowered and you're finding your voice and that roaring lion inside of you um, is standing up for the right thing. And so that's actually a good thing. And so sometimes it can take shape that we might not think it, it should be, you know, it doesn't look like what we thought it would be, um, but that doesn't mean it's not the right thing. So that's, I think what we're going through in the world right now is that they're becoming a lot more vocal a lot more expressed and a lot more free to feel what they should express and 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 that's going to be causing a little bit of concern for some people who are the oppressors or the people that had power that were um trying to keep people quiet and all of a sudden people don't want to be quiet anymore people want to they found their voice and they want to express it which is part of the process of the change that's going to take place and it's interesting that the um, other side of this that you're explaining, because like you said, I think the myth about meditation is that you're going to be, you know, uh, going to Tibet and you're going to be sitting there on a rock. And um, um, and as long as you're there, then it's fine. I remember reading the book, um, uh, The Path with Heart from uh, yeah, Jack Mm -hmm. And then he said, you know, I was up there for a long time and it was really good until I came to uh, visit my sister in, in New York and, you know, with all the noise and everybody coming at me and all of that, I was like, you know, it took me like two minutes to get pissed at everybody. And I'm like, it's easy to be very, very, you know, serene um, on top of the mountain with no, nobody coming versus, you know, having to live in, in New York. However, the whole point was how to have the same serenity when I was walking, you know, on the streets of New York. And, um, and, and it was beautiful in how to have the serenity. However, the other side of it is, as you're saying is, yes, we do become serene um, and we get connected, but the serenity does not mean necessarily that we're going to live a passive life. It just means that the serenity allows us to really see what's what's right for us, uh, you know, and not just right for me, but right for us. And uh, from there, then, you know, this type of awareness and consciousness, then it it kind of extends itself to um, to the world and the way that we act. Like um, even right now, as I, you know, listen, I look at the Instagram or Facebook or any of these um, social media that has a lot of information as it shows up every day, for example, from Iran, one of the things is, you know, you could, you get enraged and you get sad and you get, you know, with everything that's happening of killing people on the street or, um, you know, they're going to have a public, um, I will call it a public mass murder 
the government is supposed to have that. So it kind of scares, it scare people. So you have all of these emotions that come up. And then, um, and then there's this witnessing of, for example, for me to see um, how is that going to, you know, is it beneficial for me to yell and scream and cuss and do, you know, just turn my rage outward? Or is it like, can I get serene and think about all of the different angles that I can be supportive? For example, you know, um, writing to the people who matter, who could do something or um, how how to say what they need to say to the rest of the world and bring it to the world versus just like spewing my my rage into the social media, which is just going to create another war between other people right now. So I think the awareness of how can I be effective in any realm to affect the world, whether it's right beside me in my corner backyard or it's across the world, it really, really matters. Yeah, we all have the ability to make a difference in some way, shape or form. And it could be such a micro um, role or it could be a macro role. You know, we can be at the UN um, trying to affect policy. Or, you know, this morning I was walking my dog and as I was walking along the street, there was uh, someone who dropped just a, a wrapper of a lollipop, you know, and uh, I just found it very difficult to walk past that and not pick it up. I could see the bin was literally, you know, 10 meters away from me. So, um, you know, the micro role of that, just picking up some litter that would have ended up down the drain and gone out to sea, um, putting that in the bin, you know, if we have micro roles of responsibility wherever we are to bring about greater levels of change um, without having a huge cross on our back. You know, I, I used to carry a huge a cross on my back thinking I had a, a huge global responsibility to make the place, the planet a better place. Um, and I, I freed myself of that and it was really quite liberating. And it's important, I think, you know, I do a lot of conscious leadership coaching and a lot of my clients come to me with this huge burden on their back. That they've got to make the world a better place. It's their responsibility. It's like, no, just just you live and breathe you you know you live from the heart as jack cornfield will say and um you know if you find there's little bits and bobs that you can do along the way uh then do that but if you want to play bigger and you're doing that from joy from your heart because it's something you love and it's just like i really just feel like the best way for me to express myself is be on a stage in new york at the united nations well then go and do that but don't do it because it's a huge burden or responsibility and if if you don't do it then you know, I'm going to be miserable. Uh, you, you being miserable and exhausted and overwhelmed and curled up in a ball with stress is probably uh, contributing to the, the problems on the planet rather than solving them. Very much, yes. Everyone, please get the book and watch the movie, The Portal, and Tom Cronin. You can also go to tomcronin.com to uh, get the movie, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they can yeah. find me on Instagram at Tom Cronin as well. Just one word, Tom Cronin. Send me a message. I love to hear from people, and uh, we can we can have a chat there. Anything that we haven't talked about that you really want people to know? Yeah, I think you know at the moment where we've got a world that's struggling with, like you said before, we got on the call mistrust. Um, they're struggling with uh, low levels of hope or or no hope. Um, we're going to have rising interest rates. We're going to see inflation. We're going to see some challenging uh, potential conflict between countries. Uh, there's a number of different areas that are heating up. And so there's the tendency to, to feel fragile, to feel vulnerable, to feel overwhelmed. 
it's very hard for us to see this in a macro perspective. And this is where meditation is really important. If we can meditate, I'd ideally find a meditation teacher in your area and learn to meditate with someone that's qualified to teach you um, because that's going to help you stay present and be able to see beyond the, the, the microcosm of, of your world and, and the media that might be bombarding you to start to see that there's an unfolding of evolution. Everything's evolutionary. Everything's moving towards awakening. Everything's moving towards more conscious and more wisdom and love and more connection because that's the fundamental aspect of all reality. And we've just got to break through the shackles of this current paradigm that we're in. But this is all happening anyway. This is always happening and is happening right now. So know that beyond this, there's always evolution. There's always something better. And that, um, you know, meditation will play a big part in helping you through this. And Tom, if, uh, for people who you said uh, that they might come in and listening to us or watching us and say, oh, for the life of me, I can't do this. So what do you suggest for those people? Yeah, um, there's a number of different things that they can do. Uh, firstly, like I said, you know, find a qualified teacher, look up Transcendental Meditation or Vedic Meditation in your local area. If they can't find one in the area, we do have an online program that people can learn from that. Um, which that also gives them access to my weekly Zoom group meditations we hold for all my students around the world, where we mentor them through their meditation practice. And meditation is less about, I need to master that 20 minute meditation and get that perfect. It's less about that. It's about being committed to a journey of self-inquiry, of quietness, of rest, reprieve, a break from your thinking process, your activity process, and just to replenish yourself and you know people have been doing this for thousands of years in ashrams and monasteries and you know caves of the world and it's time for us as humans in this incredible inundation of information and activity to start taking a little bit of a breather in our day and allocate a little bit more time to to the stillness beautiful do you want to give us one before we leave a meditation yeah i can give oh, a little taste one before we leave <laughs> yeah absolutely this would be really good for everyone just to, this is a little a take home if you if you haven't got the money or the capacity to learn from a teacher in your area this technique is something so simple that you can do before bed when you wake up in the morning just pull over in your car and park in a side street and it's very very gentle we'll, we'll do this for about three minutes and we'll give you the technique and you can do it at a later date for a longer period of time so just all you need to do is just sit in a chair, closing the eyes, ideally having your back supported and ideally not driving. And I want you to notice that as you sit there with your eyes closed, we have a breath that moves in and out of our body. And that breath has been moving in and out as a gentle ebb and flow from the moment you were born, night and day. And notice as it moves in and out of your body that it's passing through the nostrils of the nose. I want you to notice as it moves through the nostrils that there is a very subtle cooling of the skin around the rim of the nostril. This is where the air that moves in and out of your nose is brushing up against the moisture on your skin tiny, tiny beads of moisture on the skin around the rim of the nostril, ever so slightly cooling the skin, the air on the moisture of your skin, slightly cooling it. 
I want you to keep your attention on that cool skin around the rim of the nostril. Now it's a very gentle breath. It's not a forced breath. It's the subtlest and softest breath you have. And it will get gentler and softer. And at times the mind may get a little bit bored of this, go looking for something a little bit more charming. The meditation practice is to continue to bring the mind back to the cool skin. It's okay that it runs away, but just keep bringing it back. Whenever the mind drifts away, just bring it back to the cool skin around the rim of the nostril. Just a little bit longer now. And when you're ready, you can just slowly open your eyes and come back to the session. So that's something that um, you can do ideally up to 10 minutes. If you do that for 10 minutes, you'll notice quite a difference uh, in how you feel. Your nervous system will just settle down, your mind will calm down, and you start to feel a lot more at peace with things. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with our show and from Australia. Pleasure. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me along today. It's been fun. So everyone, please go to TomCronin.com and um, get the book, the portal and uh, the movie. And um, we'd love to have you back with your new books and all that you do around the world. Absolutely. I'd be, I'd, I'd be honored to be back again. Beautiful. And everyone who's out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, Bye-bye.